Well, let's welcome you back to This Week in the Association. I'm Rob Panier, joined once again by my good buddy, Kevin Luco. And this week, Kevin and I are honored to welcome back one of our favorite guests, Milwaukee Milkman Manager Anthony Barone. Anthony, thanks for coming back and joining us. Hey, Rob. Hey, Kevin. Uh, glad to be back and getting the itch to get to spring training here in early May and start another season. Well, Anthony, you have like the big news in terms of uh, of trades around the league, but you know the the big news overall this week has been the, the passing of Matt Pobarenko. You've been in this league quite a while and been around Matt. I just like to know would would you like to share some thoughts or a memory you have of Matt with us before we kind of dive into the show this week? Yeah, you know it's just unfortunate anytime you see a young young man pass. Um, obviously, our prayers are with his family and his friends and you know, the organizations that he's been with and the American Association that, you know, I know meant quite a bit to Matt. Um, so it, it's just, it's unfortunate and tragic. Uh, you know, from, from you know, being in the other dugout, uh, I, I saw Matt in both Sioux City and, and St. Paul in 2020. And, um, you know, I just knew he was a fierce competitor and, and it seemed like he just really loved the game of baseball. And um, he always, you know, played to win. And, and um, I knew he had Great, great little stretch this winter over in Mexico and pitched in the Caribbean World Series. So, um, you know, like I said, I, I, I didn't have any real relationship with Matt, uh, just managing against him. But I knew, um, you know, both he played for both Steve and and um, and George, and um, they always, you know, spoke very highly of of Matt. So it's just the time, you know. It, it just shows that. You know, you always got to make sure you tell the people that you, you know, that, that you care about, that you love them every day. And uh, you just never know, you know, what the next day is going to bring. So it's it's unfortunate news, but I'm sure, you know, both um, Sioux City and in the league will, you know, I'm sure honor Matt in a great way. And, and um, you know, he loved the game of baseball, and that's, you know, what we're all doing. And um, we'll all be thinking of him. I understand you haven't had to face like something like this as a manager, but when you when you have a big loss, a guy gets hurt that that you're going to wind up losing for a long time, maybe for the remainder of the season, or you lose a guy to a trade or something. How do you you know kind of get that dugout back focused on the game? And I understand it's not always about the game, but you know ultimately this is your job and and you're trying to win with that. How do you think you you get the best out of your team during a troubling time like that? I think you just, you know, it just comes back to the game of baseball and what, what that meant to either the injured person or <clears throat> the injured player, or obviously in this circumstance, it's a little different, but you bring it back to that <clears throat> and you try to bring up the good memories and the fact, you know, um, that, you know, somebody that cared you care about, you know, cared about what you're doing for a living and what you love to do. So um, you try to try to make, the best out of the situation any way you can um and you know guys you always hear the term rallying rallying around something um you know and there's there's something to be said about that um you know when guys there's a cause and there's something to play for um you know certain guys always lift their spirit for that and uh you know people do it in, in that person's you know honor or you know in a case of an injury or you know something like that it's it's always that you know that whole old mentality you know with an injury it's it's way different it's that next man up mentality but this is something where you know you you really you know with Matt with Matt's legacy you sort of you want to play for that well i realize there's no real good transition out of that so uh, i w- let's t- dive into some some good news for you you make probably yeah. for the second straight year the biggest trade of the off season um so far so drew ward coming to the team or Corral Prime, talk about how you see this impacting your club. Oh, it's it's a tremendous, uh, tremendous get for the Milwaukee Milkmen. Um, you know, and we it's nothing to you know. Corral was great, uh, great part of our uh, you know divisional championship run last year. He was injured at the end, but Corral brought so much more to the team than you know just the baseball aspect. Uh, great person and and great teammate and. Um, even, you know, a great player, you know, but it, sometimes it's, you know, you make deals in the off season that you think can benefit the team. And, um, this was something where, you know, I've seen Drew Ward since the 2020 season when, you know, I think he had 17 home runs and hit close to 335 in 
probably the toughest season of the you know in the history of the league. Uh, and he just dominated that year. And it was somebody I've always admired as, you know, the way he went about his business, professional. Um, and, he, and he's, in my opinion, you know, maybe not Brian Torres, but he got 1A, 1B, maybe the two best hitters in the league now. And when we had the opportunity to um, to get Drew, it was it was a no-brainer. You know, I mean, you pair Brian and, and Drew up together in a lineup, and it's going to be a lot of trouble for the opposing team. I know you've done deals with Fargamore in the past. Was there any other transactions that that helped him plead? Was there like a future considerations that that wrapped up, or was it a just an independent deal? No, just an independent deal. Um, you know, me, you know, me and Jeff Bittiger have become pretty close in this whole you know grand scheme of things. We we trust each other in the trade process, and uh, they've been a great trade partner, great organization, Fargo, and. Uh, you know, like I said, we, it's funny how it all worked out last year. We were, you know, in game five of the championship series and, um, we have a history of making trades and, uh, you know, it was just something where I think we, both teams have really good players all the time. And, um, sometimes salaries don't match up for one team and they do for the other and vice versa. And, um, sometimes a team has a need and, and this was, this was for us, it was just, it was a baseball move, um, and, you know, the old saying, you know, it's a business. And, um, you know, and like I said, it, like I said, I, I just think anytime you have a chance to acquire uh, a guy, Drew Ward stature, who's an MVP candidate every year, um, and you and you pair him up with a batting champ from last year, uh, like I said, there, I think there's two really pure hitters in this league, and I think we have the two, the two best hitters right now in the American association. So it's really exciting what they can do for our lineup. And, and Drew just sort of, uh, you know, gives us that power threat too. Not only is he going to hit 340, or, but he's, he's got some pop and some juice. And, and I think in our division, the ballparks really, um, really will match up with him well with, with his attributes. So I think, you know, him going to Chicago or Lake Country for six games, um, you know, even in Gary now with the short porch and right, uh, I think Drew could, you know, we're, we're, we're hoping he's going to hit more than 17 this year and, and, um, you know, become, you know, one of those guys that gets up into the upper twenties. You know, I think sometimes people from the outside don't get, when you have a good relationship with another club that you feel you can easily make trades with, I think that gives you a, a big edge in a way. And with them being in the opposite division of you now, I feel like this is a relationship that is really beneficial for both clubs that is going to keep you as a winner for a long time. Yeah, Rob, you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, they're in the other division. So um, at the end of the day, it's a lot easier to do business, um, you know, when you're, when, you're not trying to win a divisional championship against Fargo. Um, you know, we're trying to win the whole thing, but in order for us to get there, you know, we still have to go through our division. So anytime, you know, I, it's an old theory, but Fargo has to play the other five teams in our division a total of 30 times in the season. So if Fargo can beat up on those teams in our division, that's great. You know what I mean? So it's, it almost works to your advantage both ways. You know, um, if, if Fargo is a stronger team than, you know, and they can and they can help us out win our division. That's great. Um, but yeah, you're right. And we've we've you know you have to trust each other in any type of trade. Um, if some if one or the other team always gets you know considered the you know the edge in the trade, that team's probably not going to continue to do business. So I mean we've kept it really you know fair over these years. And like I said, great great trade partner. Uh, you know we trust what they're telling us about players, and we. You know, obviously, I think they trust what we're we're telling them about our players. So, um, and Carell has a history of Fargo. He's a fan favorite there, and um, you know, Fargo fans. I mean, just looking from the outside, I mean, you trade a guy like Drew Ward, you're going to need something in return that's going to make the fans pretty happy. So, um, you know, I, I know um, Carell just like I said, he's a gentleman on and off the field, and um, I'm sure he's really big for that community up in Fargo. What are you going to tell Drew Ward when he gets his championship ring? Are you going to tell him where to the ballpark and let it be motivation for the team, or tell him to keep it keep it in the dresser till the season's uh, over? Uh, 
you know, maybe a little of both. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I myself probably won't want to see it, but um, it's always great motivation. You bring a champion into your clubhouse. Uh, it only it only adds to your, you know, the the team and and you know trying to win a championship. So we're gonna have, you know, there, there was a tough, you know, as we've discussed in the prior show, it was a tough series, but all credit goes to Fargo, and they deserve that championship. They had a great regular season, and then. Yeah, they tuned it up for Game Five there, and um, I think it was one of the most historic series ever in the American Association. So, a lot, to, a lot for our guys to be proud of. But we, you know, we came a couple innings short, and you know, Drew can bring that ring in whenever he wants, and um, you know, it gives us motivation that we want to get back there and, and and finish the thing off this year. And speaking on behalf of Rob and I. Let's try to do these deals on Monday afternoon so that we can get it on the show. <laughs> okay, I'll remember that next time. Yeah, I mean it's, it's it's been it's been a lot of fun though, you know, and, and I think it's it's good for the league, you know, when and you know both guys are so professional um, throughout the whole process, Carell and Drew, and it's part of the business, I guess. Um, you know that you know some people might not want to admit it is professional baseball and sometimes there's hard decisions to make and um like i said the guys were just so professional and and now you know you guys can talk about it you know i guess leading up to the season and um you know it's, it's fun though it's always fun like i said you see other trades going down in the league and um it was something though we thought you know we uh got a really really good really good baseball player in the deal so now, now, generally, when these trades go down, you don't have a chance to talk to the player before the deal is made. Did, did you get a chance to talk to Drew, or, or once he, the trade was made, was there any like concern that he wouldn't sign with you? Because it was it happened right away that he signed with the club. <laughs> there, I mean, there's always that concern. Um, but like I said, no, we did not. Did not me or Jeff. We didn't. We didn't talk to either Drew or Carell um, before the trade happened, and. Um, we just knew both those guys being so professional, loving the game of baseball. Um, it's a deal where, you know, you just you call your player and um, it's, a, it's a tough phone call. And um, I'm sure Jeff would tell you the same thing. Um, but it's, it's something where, you know, it's, you know, both guys were, like I said, very, you know, excited about the opportunity and continue their career and, and um, try to get back, you know, ultimate goal of, getting back to affiliate baseball and playing in the big league. So, um, you know, I, I made Jeff call Drew, uh, Drew and I called up Carell, and then vice versa, I called Drew, and then he called Carell. So um, it was, you know, everything went as smooth as possible. But, yeah, there's always concerns, you know, a guy might not want to go somewhere, and you know. Um, but, you know, I, I know Drew is ready to work, go to work for us in Milwaukee. And I imagine both guys have to feel good about that too, that they're going to a good organization. It's not like they're with all due respect, um, they're not going to uh it's not like they got trade to the Houston Apollos or anything of that sort. Yeah, no, yeah. They like I said, um it makes it a lot easier. We we're both familiar, you know, we both just played against each other in the championship series. Drew sort of saw what we have in Milwaukee and and, you know, the great organization that, you know, Mike Zimmerman has, you know, established. And um, and then Carell obviously knows um, Fargo very well, and and what they have to offer. He's going to a team that just won a championship, so um, it, it's you know, like I said, it, not that it's a no-brainer, but it's 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 a deal that you know, like I said, I was I was very shocked when um, you know this all sort of transpired, and uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the next couple of days, I, I was sitting there. I have my really, like my desk at home with a you know the whiteboard with all the lineups and different things and in the roster and you know you look at a guy like Drew Ward and you're like whoa this guy's going to really help the offense and um, and the clubhouse you know I heard he's you know he's a great guy and and he's going to bring a winning you know championship mentality so um, it's a win-win for us and um, you know and we're excited for the next stage. Guys, I am going to tell you, though, if Fargo brings in a veteran AAA slugger that Jeff Bittiger knows very well, I'm going to have to tell you, both of you guys, I told you so. So let that be documented on the show right now. All right. All right. <laughs> yes. Let, let me ask you, Anthony, is there, 
Is there any concern? You know, you've made some great moves in the, in the past that every one of us looked at and thought, man, Jose Sermo is going to be great here. Uh, Zach Nerrier is going to be great here. Corral at Prime even struggled out of the gate last year. Just Those guys really did not click in Milwaukee. You've had big hitters there, but is there any concern it takes Drew Ward a little while to get used to Milwaukee? No, I, I don't think so at all, to be honest. I mean, 2020 was sort of an outlier season, and uh, Narrier and Sermo both. You know, the, the pitching that summer was just a different level, um, you know, and, and some guys struggled, some guys played well, and, you know, and, and if – if you were, you know, one of the guys that sort of got off to a tough start, it's it's tough to, you know, chase a certain batting average while you're facing, you know, you know, for our instance, we had five big league guys in the rotation. So, I mean, it's just tough. Um, but, no, I mean, Carell, you know, Carell, I think, you know, uh, he got it going after a little bit. But, like I said, he, you know, unfortunately got injured. And um, No, I, I think, too, you know, I think Drew's going to be comfortable. He played in cold weather in Fargo. Sometimes at the beginning of the year up in Milwaukee or Chicago or Fargo, Winnipeg, you know, it's colder climates. And um, sometimes the bats just take a little while to get going. And uh, But I have, I have zero concern um, with Drew getting off to he, – he's going to put up, you know, his usual numbers. He's a professional hitter. Um, you know, he, it's a craft. And, and these guys, you know, th- this is what they do. And um, usually guys like that, each and every year that, you know, their numbers are their numbers and uh, you just sort of plug those numbers in and, and, you know, at some point, whether he starts slow or starts hot, usually those numbers come out pretty much similar every time they, they play the game. So, um, yeah, you know, we, we've been lucky to have a lot of good players in Milwaukee and uh, it, you know, good, like I've said, it's, it's a lot easier when you have a lot of good players to get other good players because they want to be, you know, good players want to be around good players. So, um, and that, that, I think that's what worked well in this trade too, is, you know, Drew knew what he, you know, what he, you know, his first question he asked me was, Hey, is Brian Torres coming back? And I said, absolutely. You know, we're, you know, um, these guys all, they all know each other. They all play hard against each other. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's a lot easier to get good players when you have good players. Now, looking at this group, I, 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 would be pretty excited about acquiring Drew Ward. Uh, that would that'd be exciting in itself. But Jose Fuentes added to the team. You, you get back Juan Echeverria. Um, h- how do you see those guys fitting in for you next year? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the Fuentes deal for us, I think, was <laughs> that's just as I mean, that's a really big deal for us um, to get a starting pitcher of his quality. For three quarters of the year last year, he led the American Association in ERA, um, All Star. You know, most of the year he pitched in the twos. Uh, 2.38, 2.58, whatever it was. He had one, you know, outing in Chicago, you know, going through, doing the research. He had one outing in Chicago late in the year. And, you know, guys, when the wind blows out there, it's a tough ballpark to pitch. So um, his numbers got a little bit inflated. And, um, you know, the other big thing that I looked at, too, is he had a really, really good start in the playoffs for King County against Cleburne, um, got a win against them. So, um, you know, you know, when the, you know, you know, the stakes are bigger. He, he seemed to be fine. So um, he really caught my attention last year pitching against us, how professional he was. And, um, you know, he got a natural natural feel out there where, you know, he knows how to, you know, give you six or seven innings. And um, that was, for us, a huge, huge deal to get him because that guy's going to be in the front front of our rotation and we're expecting big things out of Jose. Good possibility you had a guy like A.J. Shugelback, or where, where is he kind of at this point? Uh, we're still waiting. Uh, you know, there, there's so much fluidity with a lot of the older guys at this point of the year, whether they're getting phone calls from Mexico, uh, Shugel entertaining some some looks from Taiwan or Korea, um, or there's still the you know possibility of retirement. So you, you just sort of give these guys – March 1st is sort of the time when – you know, some things start happening. Um, I'll know more here in the upcoming weeks, but, you know, we're not, like I said, it's, I can't, I don't want to, you know, and I'm, you know, I know Mike Zimmerman, our owner, and Dan Kinsey, our GM, we don't, we don't want to just, like, wait around for certain, we'll wait, but, like, we still have to continue to get good players. Um, and then, you know, when they decide that, hey, I'm retiring or I'm not going to be, you know, then, you know, we just add or subtract, and um, but we're going to continue to do what we do and 
bring as many good players to Milwaukee as we can. You know, I have to tell you, I watched some of these acquisitions you make. I, I, I like Brian Pena. I thought, boy, he, he looks really good. Trevin Reynolds, some of these guys you're, you're bringing right now. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, how long do they stay in Milwaukee? Because it always seems you have that one or two guys right off the bat that you signed that wind up going back yeah. to affiliate ball or something. Yeah, I think, yeah, and like that's, you know, other than trying to win a championship every year, um, we've been really successful winning a lot of games, but we also do a really good job of our guys signing, going back to affiliated. Yeah. And we have a lot of nice, young, attractive arms this year with, you know, Brian Pena, the guy we signed, just, uh, he's 23 Dominican, uh, from the nationals organization lefty. That'll be 90 to 94. And Trevin Reynolds was the closer in grand junction last year. They won a championship and I've heard he's been up to 96, 97 and, um, really live young arm. Uh, you know, and I'm not going to forget about our other guy, like a guy like Christian young, from last year who, you know, um, his story is so crazy where he's been drafted, I think, two or three different times from junior college to uh, four-year college, and he never actually signed. So he's never actually had a chance to, to pitch an affiliated baseball, and he's a guy that really came on for us last year in the playoffs. And, um, you know, he's a six foot six guy that's, you know, a starter that's 94, 95. So we have a lot of good young arms, and, um, you know, that's, we think we think we you know do it better than anybody getting these guys back to affiliated. So um, I'm sure we'll have a couple guys that will you know will lose, but that's you know we just we have to plan to you know keep going and you know you just you move on to the next guy and try to find the next guy. So well, we know one guy that's not going to be back, and I correct me if I'm wrong. He was I think the last guy from the original Beltman team in 2019, Chris Conley. Do you, I know yeah. he was a local guy. Do you expect him to be involved in any way with the ball club? Oh yeah, actually, um, you know, I think it's a, it is official. He is now, um, he is our assistant GM working at rock venture. Oh, wow. Um, so he's actually, um, helping both with the Milwaukee milkmen, um, with the operational stuff with Dan Kinsey, and um, he also helps Dan with the Milwaukee Wave, our professional indoor soccer team. Uh, so Chris just accepted that position, I want to say, a week to 10 days ago. Um, so, yeah, he's going to be, you know, involved with um, – I'm not – like I said, it's, I don't know his actual job description, but I know me and Chris will, will talk. And uh, Chris, you know, was great for us, you know, for four years since the inaugural season, five years, whatever it was. Um, He's been, you know, every bit of being a Milwaukee milkman, and he um, really embodied what it was and uh, just playing through injuries and, and giving everything he had. And um, obviously um, he's, 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 he's a part of us and still is. So it's going to be really nice still to see Chris around the ballpark and talk to him about things, um, you know, and we have to replace him too. And that's, um, you know, the last couple of years, he's had a couple hundred at bats each season and, really been a big part of this, you know, um, you know, it's important, you know, that, that catcher, you know, maybe he might not have been our number one guy, but maybe he's our one B where he would catch 30 to 40 games every year. And, um, you know, just, which is a very important role and, and he accepted it and, um, you know, he might've wanted more time, but he, you know, he, he was always a great teammate and, and anytime you have a, a catcher, um, that understands the role at the professional level and, um, you, you, you plug him in there and he's going to win just as much as your other guy. It's, uh, it's really important. So yeah, it's, we're still sort of searching for that, that guy to replace Chris. And that's sort of been a priority the last couple of weeks. And I'm still, still working on that. Why do I have the feeling that he, as assistant GM, that he becomes the guy when Kevin and I come to town and you and Dan don't want to talk to us that you kind of force him <laughs> to speak with us. <laughs> he, he might be the guy, yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll have to, you know, make sure you get in touch with Chris, and I'll, I'll make sure to give you his phone number. So, um, yeah, but no, he's yeah, he's gonna be great, and uh, you know, I know um, any you know type of you know. And the, the cool thing is, he's you know been in the locker room, he's been on the field, so he sort of understands the ins and outs of everything, and and how we like to run things. And um, obviously, we've you know um, since I started this this. Uh, this endeavor, um, you know, I, I love what I do, and it's been it's been the 
camaraderie between you know the, you know Mike Mike Zimmerman just doing what he does as the owner and and trusting in the process of what we do and and Dan Kinsey supporting me with things and it's just been, it's been a, it's been it's been teamwork and uh, you know we always try to make sure things match up and we you know we talk about every little detail and and uh, I think that's what makes us successful is you know how thorough we are with with every decision we make so. Now, before looking at some of the signings of other clubs, I, I, yeah. could you share with us a little bit about your philosophy? You know, I look around this division right now. So you're, you've got uh, Gary and, and Lake Country are, you know, 23, 24 guys on each of those clubs right now. You know, you're kind of at 15. Chicago's at 10. George there in King County's at 6. How do you view signing guys? Do you want to have a full roster by you know the middle of March or something? What what's kind of your philosophy about that? Uh, I mean, we really know. We're just. I mean, my philosophy is I want as many good players as I can by May third when we open up training camp. But my philosophy is, you know, all these guys are going to sign at different times, and we're trying to. I think we have obviously we have a full roster. I think what what people don't see is the guy like we have the rights to certain guys. So, like, we might have signed 15 guys, but we still have a full roster. So, um, you know, from the outside looking in, it's tough to see, like, you know, Kane County might have six guys signed, but they have the rights to maybe 23 guys. Um, so, you know, looking at just it's just who's going to come back, who's retiring. Um, negotiations become a big play, uh, process in this. And, you know, if a guy wants a lot more money, well, maybe maybe that's not going to work. So, um, I, I don't I don't know if there's an exact science. I just know that there's become a lot less minor league releases the last couple of years. So, in my opinion, this is I mean my my general viewpoint of it is I want as many guys as I can sign by April April 1st is like my timeline of like hey, you know that gives me a month in case I need to find somebody. But I want everything pretty much cleaned up by April 1st and, and, and my roster sort of ready to roll. Um, but, you know, we're getting there and, and um, just sort of waiting on a couple guys. And um, But every team does it different and everyone, you know, has their niche. And, um, you know, Gary, I, I saw they bring back a lot of guys from last year and they've added a couple big pieces. And, um, you know, they, they had a great year and they're, they're I mean, they, they gave us, they, gave, they handled us pretty well last year. So, um, you know, I know a lot of those guys in the dugout feel confident. And um, Lake Country, I know they've made a lot of changes. And I've seen Chicago, you know, you look at the core of their group, Tilson and Wilkerson and Kopak at Short and Grant Kay. And, you know, a lot of those guys are gone. So, but they've, you know, they've added Altman and, and um, you know, in a couple other pieces. So you just, you know, it's just you don't know, I guess, until – training camp start to and people you know people other teams you know they might have a guy signed but you know they're they're sort of waiting on the details and so we don't know the true you know number of you know players guys you know that that have committed or verbally committed so um yeah but we're we're happy where we're at and uh you know we're ready to roll This division's had the biggest moves, I think, so far this year, besides the trade that you had, Jose Cermo signing in Cleburne, as you mentioned, Josh Altman heading for Chicago. What are your thoughts about the way this division's shaping up, at least looking on paper right now? Uh, on, on paper, I think our division's going to be really good. Um, and, you know, I was, I was telling somebody, I think, you know, looking at – I was talking to my hitting coach the other day, uh, DJ Boston. I, I, think, I think 57 wins – probably will get the divisional regular season divisional title. They'll get one seed this wow. year. I think 56, 50, I really think there's going to be a lot, a lot of really good baseball in our division. Um, and like I said, Lamar, Lamar's got his team and he's, you know, got a year under his belt now and in the same with Lake country. And, um, you know, you know, George and Butch are always going to put good products out there. So, and we've been very successful. So it's going to be in Cleburne. I, I mean, Logan, I mean, look what Logan's done down there. Um, you know, I think at one point last year, uh, Cleburne was probably playing the best baseball in the American Association. And, uh, you know, when we played them in the playoffs, we're, I mean, 
that was that was a really you know we were like wow this this is going to be a really good series because at that point I mean they were hot so and now now he's added you know Sermo and he's gotten Arrier back and I know he's gotten a couple really good pieces um, that he signed there so um, yeah it's it's like I said I I think I realistically think like a fifty seven and forty three record is going to win the division this year um, you know I don't I mean you know maybe a team gets to fifty eight sixty games but. Um, you know, you last year, I think, what was it? 54 won the division, um, you know, 54 and 46. And, uh, you know, us, Kane County, and Chicago were all within a game of each other. So, um, I really, and then Cleburne, you know, finished at 50 and 50. So it's going to be a dog fight. It's going to be a dog fight. And what happens too, I think is the whole, <clears throat> you know, that, that Cleburne trip, like it or not, it, it sort of equalizes, you know, yeah, Cleburne has to go, they travel a lot too, but you know, we have to go down there for a week too. So, you know, that, that can, you know, we were down there last year and I want to say it was 110 the whole week. And, uh, you know, it was, it was like a heat wave down there. So, you know, it, it can wipe you out for a little bit. So um, it's not an easy trip and, you know, it sort of equalizes the division and, you know, but like at the end of the day, you're trying to win your division and make the playoffs and, and anything can happen once you get to the playoffs. So. It is amazing when you look at it. I was, you know, as you were talking about what it's going to take to win the division, I just think back to the old adage that you know you're going to win 40, you know you're going to lose 40. What It's what you do in the other 20 <laughs> that's going to make the difference. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's so important. And, you know, it's those, you know, maybe the games you don't, you know, it's all those one-run games, you know, you can look back on. and um, But, no, I, I think, I think our division's really good. And the other division, obviously, um, is very good. It's just, you know, I think, I think our division is it's very, very close right now. And, um, I, you know, that's why an acquisition like Drew Ward, that can, that can take you over the top. And that's the way we look at things, you know. Um, we're we're going to try, try to win this thing. And, you know, we tasted it a couple years back, and we, we were close to tasting You know, we've been in a championship series two out of the last three years and playoffs three years in a row. So, it's something like, you know, we don't, there's no drop off. We want to, we want to get the best players we can and, and, um, put ourselves in position at the end of the year to win this whole thing. Okay. I'm going to ask scouts to go ahead in the show for like two minutes so they don't take this person away, but who, who's a guy you're looking at right now in this team that you're really excited about? You think is going to have a big impact on this club? <laughs> oh boy. I, here, here's the guy I really think that, Saw glimpses of it last year, especially in the playoffs. But I, I really think there's two guys. There's two guys. I, th- I really think Miguel Gomez. He, he came in halfway through the year last year. He got his visa approved, and you know we didn't really see the full Miguel Gomez last year. I, I really think he's a guy, switch hitter, big league time, still only 29 years old. I, I really think he, you know, <laughs> Torres and Ward are pretty good. This guy could be really good, really good. Um, so I really think Miguel Gomez is a guy that people are going to see this year and be like, man, there was a reason he was in the big leagues, and there was a reason he falls out of bed and hits 300 every year. Um, so that's one guy. I'm really, really excited to see Miguel um, Miguel really go out and um, prove himself that he's the big league hitter. And, you know, he, he might have a lot of pride where he's, he might say, you know, I'm the best hitter in that lineup. Not not Brian, not Drew Ward. Um, you know, uh, so I, I'm excited about Miguel Gomez and another another couple guys. But obviously, you look. You know, our lineup is really really stacked right now. But I, I'm excited to see a guy Reggie Pruitt um, that we got from Winnipeg. Um, you know, Reggie. He, he's he's still he's coming into his coming into his prime now. He's going to be I think 25 or 26. He's coming off a really good year in Winnipeg where he hit 13 home runs and he only played 80 games. So, um, you know, his, and he stole 30 bases. So, you know, and hit with his defensive prowess and, you know, we're trying to sort of get back to what won us in 2020 with, you know, Narrier and Vertigan and those guys out in the outfield and, you know, with Pruitt and Kraus and we got another guy, Rudy Martin, and Torres can play out there and Aaron Hill has the ability to play out there. We're becoming really athletic. So I'm really excited to see Pruitt sort of, sort of, even you know continue that growth that we saw last year in Winnipeg. 
I mean, he's a double-A, triple-A player, but he's still so young, and he's going to get better and better. Um, and then on the mound, it's Christian Young. You know, I mean, you guys, I think, saw it at Fargo in game four last year. Um, you know, and he started he started two elimination games for us in the playoffs, game three at Chicago and then game four at Fargo, and he, I don't think he gave up a run in the postseason. Um, and this is a guy sort of coming into his own and, you know, you look at his numbers, his ERA was sort of weird last year, but he had less uh, less hits than, you know, uh, innings pitched. Strikeout numbers were huge. Walk numbers were very minimal. And then, you know, to do it on the biggest stage in the postseason, we're really expecting him to grow into, you know, top-of-the-rotation guy. If I remember right, wasn't Young a guy that you guys were kind of surprised that he didn't get drafted and he had well, just took the that, independent right away. Yeah, it was weird. So he he came in two years ago um, after his after his college season, but he had like I had said before, he had been drafted multiple times, but never signed. Um, he huh. continued. He wanted to finish his he wanted to finish his college education, um, and then by the time his senior year rolled around, he didn't get drafted again. So they considered him like unsignable. And um, so he came to us. He was okay in 2021, just sort of getting his feet wet. Um, but really, last year was his first, like, full professional season, and we saw a lot of growth out of him. And, and any time, like I said, you can take the ball in, in a <laughs> do-or-die game um, on the road both times, uh, I, I consider that a really big-time growing experience for him. And he should come in, you know, this year with all the confidence in the world that he can be a guy that gets, you know, he might make one or two starts this year and get picked up. Um, he's, in my opinion, he's that good. So we'll see what happens. But you know, we have a lot of a lot of exciting guys, and and I think a lot of guys that are hungry and um, you know, cool storylines where you know we have a batting chap co- coming back and and um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm excited to sort of see. It's a little bit of a new look milkman team and you know, with Trowbridge retiring and, and a couple different things going on. So, um, yeah, we're, we're excited. Now, I, I don't mean to, to, to look for the negative here in, in, on this, Anthony, but, you know, you and Dan have done such a good job in building this club, and really the, the way that you built this team has been incredibly successful over the last few years. Uh, the the defense of the team last year, I think, was something you were a little disappointed in, and it kind of it, it wound up coming back to bite you a little bit at the end. Does that become a greater focus for you this year in building the team? One hundred percent. Yeah, we talked about you know, and it's that you know, that's complete. You know, what's the old saying? The elephant in the room or whatever. Um, yeah. You know, that that's like you know, like going into the playoffs last year. Most of the regular season, we were we were the worst defensive team in the American Association. So, uh, you know, and and surprisingly, that's sort of what we we played beautifully the first, um, you know, want to say nine games of the postseason. And then, you know, game, you know, right when the season was on, you know, waiting to hoist the trophy and, and we sort of, you know, got back to what bit us, you know, it bit us at a time where, you know, it meant the most. So, um, you know, that's a huge emphasis this year is, is making sure, you know, like I said, our outfield now, we have we have three true outfielders. Um, you know, Brian Torres is a guy that can go both ways where he can play second base in the outfield. Aaron Hill's versatility now where he played a whole season out in the outfield, but he's also played a lot of second base and third base. He can play, you know, we're, we're, we're much more versatile. We're much... Um, we have, we have we have we just signed a new shortstop, Delvin Zinn, who was a Double A guy for the Cubs the last couple of years, and he's known just for the glove, um, you know. And that and you know, there's another guy though that stole 44 bases. So, you know, it, looking at you know looking at the roster, um, we have a you know a catcher Dean Navarez that we signed, who's a young kid that's supposed to be pretty good. Um, we're, we're we're trying to yeah, that was definitely a point of contention and. And we got it. We we think we got it figured out, and you know we were we were pretty close to winning a championship with a really bad defense, um, you know, statistically. And you know, this year we think we're going to be a lot better in that you know that phase of the game. 
It kind of just answered my next question is what yeah. I was wondering is if when you go out and find players, do you try to get that mix where you're thinking, okay, I've got enough guys that can hit over 300 or, or put, put hit 20 home runs, whatever. I need to find a couple guys that maybe they're only going to hit 230, but they're going to be solid in the field. Is that something you look at when you put the team together? Yeah, and I think, too, you know, I think looking, you look at the middle of the field always, you know, um, catcher, shortstop, second base, center field, and you always want to be strong defensively in the middle. And um, that was that that was definitely an emphasis this offseason and, you know, getting a guy like Michael Krause and, Reggie Pruitt and, you know, adding a guy like Delvin Zinn at shortstop and Dean Navarez behind. We're, we're going to be really, really sound up the middle. Um, you know, Brian Torres made the all-star game as a second baseman last year. So um, I have no, you know, no problem putting him at second base. Um, he's very, very good, good hands and really good, you know, athleticism over there. So we're going to be really strong in the middle, but you're right, uh, Kevin. Like that's, I think, you know, like you always, plan on like what do we need what do we need well we got we got plenty of hitting and if we can have a shortstop that you know goes out there and defends or you know or you know like i said our primary now need we need a we need a number two catcher uh, or another catcher well we need a guy that we want a guy that can catch and throw and um you know so there's certain things we always look for but for for us this i think what was important was making sure the foundation, the middle of the field was strong defensively. And then, you know, adding that one or, one or two bats. I mean, I, I would, I'm going to find it hard to believe that any team in this league, I, I'm just putting it out there, it's going to have the core of, like, the three, the Gomez, Torres, Ward. I, I just find it very, very hard to believe that there's going to be three better hitters in the league than those guys. Um any of, those, any of those three guys could win the batting title, and any of those three guys could hit in the big leagues right now. That's how good they are. Um, you know, one of them is a switch hitter, which even makes it better. So I, I really think we have plenty of offense, and, you know, it's just really important that, that the middle of our lineup just sort of, you know, the middle of the field just plays defense well for us. Well, that sounds pretty incredible, Anthony. But you know it's that time of the show where you're going to give us your great final thought for this week. Well, you know, obviously it, it's, um, you know, heavy hearts with everything that happened with, you know, Matt Poverico. And it's, it's, it's crushing when you see a guy that, you know, um, that devoted so many years to the league and played for Sioux City and St. Paul and, um, you know, that it just happens that quick. And, and you know, and, and like I said, this is my final thought. It's just really – um, baseball is really a game where we all enjoy it and the camaraderie and the friendships that we make and, you know, the passion that all of us have. And I think that's, that's the bond that, you know, you see all these guys, they'll, they'll you know, I'm sure they're all going to have a story about Matt and, you know, um, what a great guy he was and, and the type of competitor he was. And those, those are the things that will carry on his name. And, uh, but no, it's just, it's just, we're very blessed and very lucky to do what we love to do. And, and, and I've said that before and I, I, I truly mean it. Um, you know, we, you know, at the independent level, we get to give these guys a chance to continue their careers, get back to where they want to get to. And, and, um, you know, and, and it's for the, for the love of the game for, you know, the whole month we play to win and, um, the independent baseball game, you know, all these guys become very, very close. And um, it's a very close-knit group of players, managers, coaches. Um, and, you know, it, it's what happened, to, you know, to Matt, I'm sure. Um, it'll just make everyone hopefully realize, you know, how delicate time is. And and we, we really should really, you know, like I said, make sure we – our priorities, you know, telling the people that we care about, you know, that we care about them. And um, But at the end of the day, you know, Matt, you know, would want <laughs> – He's a competitor, and he loved the game of baseball. And, um, you know, we're all going to be, you know, we're inspired, you know, by what type of career he had and, and what he gave the uh, independent baseball game. Fantastic. Anthony, thanks for joining us this week. 
Yeah, thank you for doing this. Thank you. Well, Kevin, we always love having Anthony on, and he's always got good information to provide for us. No doubt about it. There's always something when um, Anthony comes on that you, you know he talks about, and it just it gets you to thinking and thinking at a higher level uh, about what it takes to put together a team or what he is thinking and his mindset in managing a baseball club. So he's always been a fun and informative guest to have on. You know, I have to say that was a nice little tidbit of information that he gave us that probably the vast majority of managers already have a significant number of their players already signed or close to being signed. They just We just don't know about that. So when we're looking at a, a 10 on a Chicago or a 6 on Kane County or a 7 on Kansas City, it's probably 20-something at this point. So maybe our worries don't need to be as big as we think. No, it always seems like they have a full roster come opening night, so never no one's failed as yet. No one's had a forfeit a game because they didn't have enough guys. Very good observation. Well, Kevin, let's talk about moves from around the league this week. And, uh, man, this is uh, one of the most exciting weeks I've seen, especially in, in February. I you usually don't come up with this kind of big traffic going on right now. But uh, So let, let's start out with Jose Sermo going signing with Cleburne. And a guy who's been a former MVP has had huge numbers in this league. And talk about just a, a big bat in that railroaders lineup. Once again, another Tuesday news break where um, we can't comment on it until six days later. Thank, thank you, Cleburne. But, boy, a huge move, and uh, sounds like uh, he's got family in Austin, Texas, so that could be related as to why he chose to go down to Cleveland as opposed to heading back to Sioux City. But, boy, that really does further bolster what was already a pretty good Cleveland lineup, and I'm excited to see how he fits in with uh, that franchise. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the group that they have out there, Hill Alexander comes back half the season. He was with the team and just had huge numbers. And they sign uh, uh, Mark Caraviatis and Zach Nerrier resigns with the club. They're going to get back Edwin Arroyo. Oh, man, that that one through six looks like it could just be unreal. And he and he's still got a few guys still left to to work with on the roster here. So, you know, Logan's not done with this by any stretch of the imagination. And this is going to be. A team nobody's going to want to face, that, that, that's for sure. No doubt about that. You have to wonder uh, if um, oh, going to be in the mix. That's a good question. And, I, you know, I, I was wondering about that because I, I think he's still got one or two vet spots still available. Um, now, I'd assume Ceremo Cer- took over one of those for sure, but because uh, you're looking at Ceremo, Narier, uh the the catcher they got uh, Quivado I guess is the way that I said has a lot of uh, played for like seven years in the minors before playing the last four in uh, down in um, in Mexico and in the winter leagues and uh, so he's probably a vet as well um, I would assume that Kevin Hilton is a vet so I still think he's got one or two spots out there available so um, you know Chase Simpson back. That that lineup is going to be ridiculous. That's what that could be. So, uh, continuing on. So, as we we talked a little bit about, uh, Jose Fuentes was sent as a to Milwaukee as a uh, player to complete uh, complete two previous transactions, and he's got a huge arm. Was fantastic for the club. Echeverria returning. He played pretty well and pitched very well for this Milwaukee team. So. Um, that Milkman team looks like they are that making that East Division look pretty brutal. Yeah, once again, you got to imagine the, the Milkmen are going to be right in the mix again. And, you know, after the Anthony kind of broke down the ball club with us, he can't help as a Milkman fan to be excited for to see what's going to be coming in May. A guy we have really loved. Um, Resigning in Chicago, Brennan Metzger, a longtime Fargo Moorhead Red Hawk, but played in Chicago last year, coming back this year. A guy we really like, and that's just a, a huge bat at the top of the order. And a huge character, too. Uh, I know he's pretty popular down there, so I think that was a good good, good step to getting a pretty good ball club with the Chicago Dogs again by bringing in a Metzger for another season. Working our way around, the Kansas City Monarchs, two big left-handers signed by manager Joe Calfapietra. The first of them, 
Zach Matson, uh, came in, coming out of the Pittsburgh Pirates organization, had reached AAA last year, had a little bit of a, a tough route there, but pitched very well at AA Altoona um, before moving up. And uh, so he, he comes with a very lively arm. They also add another left-hander, uh, Dalton Motes. You know, I think a few seasons we looked at, Kevin, I, you know, I think Carlos Diaz was the only left-hander he had in the bullpen a couple of years. So this year, Joe's going all in on the lefties, it looks like. You know, it never helps to have enough of those. Uh, we know how they're how cherished they are. So, or it could just be coincidence. Um, who knows? Yeah, Moats pitched at Triple A Durham last year. Had a pretty solid season with a three point six zero ERA and fifty one appearances. So, um, I could see him maybe getting a potentially getting a shot at that closing role. He's had some save experience in the Tampa Bay organization. So. Um, nice, nice. Uh, you know, with the Joe Calfabriator moves, you always got to look at it and go, "Well, that sounds like a smart move." Right so, they also signed uh, right-handed pitcher Jackson McClellan signed to the team. Sioux Falls adds a couple of guys: Israel Cruz joining the team, as well as they uh, claimed DJ Sharabi off waivers from Milwaukee and signed Mitchell Walters, who was very good for this team last year. Trade away Matt Dunaway and Nate Garko, who. I think manager Mike Meyer always expected more out of uh, Kevin, but just didn't really deliver and, and acquire Trevor um, Achenbach as in, in replacement. But Garko was one of those guys I think he expected was going to be an ace or at least one of the top two guys for the team. And I, well, I guess I kind of get trading him away. There was two Garkos on the team, if I'm not mistaken. Wasn't there Trevor Garko was the older of the two? That could be true. So, is, so they kept him? Is that is, Maybe I'm mistaken. I'm confusing the two. I'm going to check it out. I know there, there's one the that's just, just straight out of college, and I thought that was a need. So it could be um, going to play in a league in which our younger players may be a better fit for him to develop a little more as a pitcher and then maybe at some point come back to the American Association. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check that out because maybe I'm I know you're feverishly looking it up right now. I am. I Feverishly is the right word to look at it right there. So you are correct. See, that's why we like Kevin over there. So well, how Kevin about that? Yeah, as always, Tyler Garko, yeah, who had a, a, a struggled season last year with an 8.15 ERA. So Nate Garko, though, um, so I assume younger brother, 11 appearances, 2.70 ERA. So um, that's a pretty big deal because he, he was pitching well for the team. So, But, again, Mike Meyer, we're, we're throwing our, our tipping our cap to him because he's Mike Meyer. So we, we have confidence in him. Uh, Sioux City officially signs Jake Sanford after acquiring him. They also bring in, uh, I believe that this is Yuri Perez, I think is the way that Steve Montgomery told me to say that, yes. the outfielder. So, okay, so uh, the, the building, I'm, I'm, li I'm liking to see Sioux City with already seven position players signed. They're usually like three at this point. So um, Steve Montgomery not messing around this year. Um, let's see what else we got here. Fargo. Signs right-handed pitcher Jacob Harsony, I believe that is, and catcher Andres Noriega, as well as a trade infielder Drew Ward to Milwaukee, as we've talked about here. And I think that that is it for Fargo. It is. Uh, then we have Gary Southshore signs outfielder uh, Dorsis Paulino, I believe the way that's said. Now, that puts them currently 24 on their roster. They can have four more guys before spring training. Of course, you can you know make some changes to that if you want to, but uh, manager uh, Lamar Rogers looking pretty content on where he's building his team. Chicago with Jonathan Cheshire besides Brendan Metzger being signed by the team, and Lake Country signs left-handed pitcher Mason Fole, and they add left-handed pitcher J.J. Santa Cruz. And I believe that that is our transactions for the week. So, a lot of stuff oh, going on, Kevin, and it's only getting crazy. Yeah, that was, yes. that was a lot of guys. And it's only going to get crazier because spring training is underway in Major League Baseball. They're even playing exhibition games now. Spring training games, my apologies, exhibition. Spring training games. And uh, so, uh, you know, we're, we're going to start to see what's come about here in probably the next two, three weeks. And we're going to see if, I, if this uh, contraction of minor league ever results in a large number of players being released like it used to be prior to contraction. So... I'm not holding my breath, though, Kevin. You know, a weekend's worth of uh, spring training games, and boy, the grouse saying about the pitch clock has already hit a fever pitch amongst 
fans and players, but I watched plenty of AAA baseball last year, and I can tell you that as the guys get used to it, you're not going to notice a difference. Yeah, I agree. You know, I mean, this is just guys get used to it. You get used to like any other thing out there. I, and if that's your your hill you're looking to battle on, I, you know, there, there's a ton of other things I could think of to be to be upset about in rule changes. That's not the one I'd, I'd be griping about. That's just me. So you know, that's just my thought on it. So, but I I think there's a lot better reasons they should be arguing about some of these other things they got going on. But what can you do? All right, well, that's it from around uh, American Association in terms of transactions. So we'll quickly run through some of the other things going on here out in the Frontier League. I'm looking through here to see if there was anybody from American Association Baseball that wound up uh, having a move here in the Atlantic or in the Frontier League. It does not look like, other than uh, the trades that we talked about here already today. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think we're having a, a pretty light week in the Frontier League in terms of former... AA guys. So, nope, nobody out there. Outfielder Willie Garcia. I think he played for Winnipeg. Signed with New Jersey yeah. this week. I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure about that. Okay, and Kevin agreed. So I know it's right then now. So, uh, out of the Atlantic League, they're frantically starting to get into action now because they will be beginning baseball around the same time as minor leagues get underway. So, they're, they're getting some signings going on there. A lot of action going on in the Atlantic League, including did want to mention that. Um, Left-handed pitcher Cameron Boozer from Lancaster signed with the Boston Red Sox organization. So, congratulations to him. And I think that's all we're talking about. I think that is where we're at here, Kevin. So, I think that closes out our independent news, and we're at the final thought for this week, Kevin. Well, Rob, um, a departure from normal, um, considering what's happened over the weekend. I am going to throw it to you for the final thought tonight. Well, I appreciate that, my friend. Um, you, you know, Kevin came to me on Saturday, had called me up and said, hey, did you hear this news? And and I, and I to be honest, I, I, I looked at it after he showed it to me, and, and I thought, this is this is just not real. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at a, a guy just so full of life and a, a very incredible shape and uh, – you know, Matt was just a phenomenal guy. And today, I, I guess I want to say before diving into my own part about this, what, what bothered me about this today, Kevin, was that today, you know, I, I, this story was even on Fox News' website. And I was looking at some of the comments people had and their speculation about him using some illegal substance that led to this. Oh, you know, 31 guys, 31-year-old guys, don't have heart attacks unless they're taking something. And I was thinking, how dumb are some people out there? But my, my first reaction was to get a little mad about this. But I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to let my memory of my friend be tarnished by these idiots. So I'm going to get off that. And, and I, I just want to say that um, Matt was quite a guy. I, I you know, I, I came to love that guy very much. And, and I know my relationship is not nearly what it was for Steve Montgomery and him and Nate Durkin and Nate Sampson and a lot of these guys who have been with Sioux City for a long time. And they're, they're hurting out there. There's going to be a lot of players in the American Association playing baseball this year that are going to be hurting. They, they, they didn't just lose their, their teammate, their friend. They lost a person who was their brother to them, a guy they battled with for three, four years. Um, a guy who Nate Kirk and I, I know has to just be be crushed. That, that was that was his best buddy, you know. And I don't, you know, I, I don't want to make this about myself in any way. I, I mourn the loss of my friend, but I, I feel more for those people who were just unbelievably close to Matt. I mean, he just had such a zest for life. You, you know, you and I got to talk to him at the All Star Game a few years ago, and uh, and he couldn't wait to talk to us. <laughs> came down on the field with us. And I was like, uh, th just a guy who wanted to embrace the opportunity to just share his humor. And, and he walked around with us, giving his comments about everything that he was seeing going on around the all-star game and stuff like that. It was just, it was a fun kind of time for us. And, and uh, just a, a guy I, I came to love. I, I'm going to miss very much. And um, 
but he will not be lost in my memories, and I know he will not be lost in the hearts of American Association players and fans. So that's my thought, Kevin. Well put. Well, we'd like to thank Anthony Barone for joining us this week. For Rob Pinier, I'm Kevin Luco, and we'll see you next week on This Week in the Association.